Hello friends, this is Larry Quicksall, and I'm coming to you live this evening <laughs> from the old farmhouse uh, on the Quicksaw family farm for our first episode of my podcast. It's nearing the end of December. It's the 29th, 2014, and I came up to the farm this evening to spend a little bit of time reflecting, thinking about what to do this coming year in 2015, to think about also where this farm has been over the years. I'm sitting in the farmhouse with two of our three farm cats. We have Frank and Thelma wandering around, checking things out, getting a break from the cold because they're barn cats, or I guess more specifically, they're machine shed cats. And so one of my reasons for coming up tonight was to make sure they had plenty of food and water and that the possum that had been invading their domain recently had not been back and raided their food supply. The Quicksaw Farm is a relatively new project for me that I have been anticipating working on for nearly 50 years. I'm sitting in the living room at this point in time, not in one of the two rocking chairs, but actually sitting on the old propane heating stove, which is where I would sit when I would come up here and I was cold from playing outside and I would listen to the conversations between my parents and my grandparents. In this very room, looking around tonight, I can almost see them sitting here, grandma writing in her journal or darning some clothing, some socks, grandpa watching Gunsmoke or maybe the Lawrence Welk show in the evening after a hard day of working on the farm. Of course, back then there wouldn't been any cats allowed in the farmhouse. They were outdoor animals that had their place and time doing their work. For their food. The farmhouse was built approximately in approximately 1880 by Marion Quicksall. We have a picture of him hanging upstairs in this house that he built so many years ago. It's a loving memory uh, this farmhouse is to all the people who have lived here to those who were born and including those who had passed away in 2015 I'm going to be taking more of a direct role in not simply managing the farm as it's been but turning it more and more into the farm that I want it to be. 
for it was originally a farm of a William Elam, or at least property that he owned, until Marion Quicksaw bought it and started making it his home place by building a house, a barn, smokehouse, and digging a well. And approximately 40 years later, <clears throat> my grandparents, Joel Miner Quicksaw and Frida Quicksaw, purchased it as their home place to raise their two children. And they lived here until their deaths in the 1880s. And there was a time of transition in the 70s and 80s as my dad started making it his farm. Edward and Eileen Quicksaw, my parents, worked the farm as well, worked the ground, built additional buildings. And now that my dad has passed away a year and a half ago, and mom is turning things over to me. It's now my turn. It's my turn to make this Quicksaw family farm the next generation's farm, my farm, for my wife and I. So this podcast is going to be my opportunity to share with you some of the passions that I have for this farm where I have visited and spent time at for the past 50 years and in the next few years hope to have it as a final permanent home for my wife and I to share with our children and with our grandchildren as well as a few Cats that are quite noisy, and maybe some cattle and goats, chickens, and whatever else seems to be the, the thing to do out here at the farm. The farm is an amazing place, but it hasn't always been that way for me. I was raised in town, not a large city, a small one. And coming up here wasn't always the funnest thing to do when you're an only child. The country can be lonely when you don't have a whole lot of playmates. But that has changed over time. And I look forward to spending more and more time preserving the old farmhouse, which is one of the projects for this year, making sure that it is structurally sound to do the necessary repairs to bring it into a, a, a structural state where it can last another 50 to 100 years. To replace the outdoor weatherboarding 
with some modern siding so it takes less upkeep and it will preserve the structure better. To prepare some areas for some initial livestock that doesn't necessarily need to have 24-hour supervision, 24-hour care. The first livestock that I brought here to the farm about four years ago measures in the hundreds of thousands, and those are my honeybees. The numbers have dwindled down since last winter, which was so bitter cold. But we'll get them back up again <clears throat> in fairly short order this next year. We're looking at fencing off what was known as the West Pasture. Approximately six acres worth of woods and brush and pasture land that's been in the Conservation Reserve Program for the past 25 years. And add some goats and maybe two or three steer who will be able to clear out the brush so that the, the little woods area is not just a poison ivy <laughs> mess. There's a few other acres of pasture that needs some pruning and development so that we may be able to have a little bit of a larger operation for the for the cattle and the goats and again whatever else we decide to bring out here gardening is going to be an ever increasing activity out here on the farm The idea of having just a small 20 by 30 foot garden isn't hardly big enough to make it worth the gas money coming up, even though gas prices have been dropping. They will surely rise again, so the garden needs to be larger. Not just for the immediate family's needs, but also to expand so that Extended family members, the grown children and the grandchildren, can have some fresh vegetables. And with the ground being in the CRP program for 25 years, pretty well every chemical that had been on it during traditional farming has been removed from the soil. It's not been a roundup uh Uh, used soil. So some of the different chemicals that's common to other parts of the farm, specifically in the river bottom, aren't up here, which makes it ideal for food production and livestock production. We may be adding an orchard because we did used to have an orchard here Marion Quicksaw had planted one in the 1800s with two different varieties of traditional apples, pears, cherries.
cherry, a grape harbor. With much of his fruit being sold both locally as well as put on a train and sent up to Chicago, to the local markets up there. As well as plenty being used here, being turned into apple cider and following that vinegar cider, or cider vinegar. (laughs) This past year, I was able to purchase an antique uh, apple chopper and cider press. And while it has a little bit of work to be done to get the rust off and get the wood in good shape, I'm very much looking forward to someday having fresh apple cider from the uh, from the apples that will eventually grow here. What do you do on a farm? What do you do to make it profitable for both financially as well as historically, culturally? You make it your own. You make it your own. You let your passion flow out as you walk around and dream dreams. Well, this podcast is probably going to be a bit of a journal as to the dreams that I'm dreaming and trying to put into reality. So I invite you to join me, to come along on this journey. Sometimes it may be a little philosophical like tonight is. Other times it may be quite practical. As far as as I'm lear- how I'm learning to do things that I've never had to do before. You see, while I came up to the farm, I didn't grow up on the farm. As I said, I grew up in town. And early on, I had very little interest in farming. And so I wound up going to college, became a mental health therapist, and have spent my days locked in a <laughs> about a 10 by 10 room helping people cope and deal and recover from the problems and the traumas and the distress of their life. Well, now it's time for me to start getting out of that room to get out and enjoy what God has given us, to see the sun and the stars and the clouds and the blue sky, to see the grass grow, to watch all the insects and pollinators working on the beautiful plants that we often call weeds who have their own place and purpose in this wonderful creation that we have been given. And God willing, I'll be able to share that passion inside of my family to pass it on another generation, but also maybe to inspire you. The different things that I go through, the successes and the failures, learning how to be a mechanic for the first time as I work on repairing the endless breakdowns that I seem to be having with tractors that are 50 plus years old. 
learning how to operate equipment for the first time or the first time in 30-some years. It's going to be a fascinating journey, and I invite you to join along. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up for tonight. I don't know what the cats are meowing at, but I think I need to investigate (laughs) and get them set up outside with enough food and water for the next few days till I come up here again. So I hope you have a great evening yourself, and I look forward to talking with you again. Good night.